so just as a as a you know it, uh heads up for people sam's had a really long day and if you want to send him <laughs> some love he's at sam calcio on on twitter okay you can Thanks, reach man. out at Thanks, noise man. podcast on twitter on instagram send your love <laughs> for sam uh, tagline or subject if you want to email in to info at noise.co.uk is um wake up sam and obviously then your messages and pictures of anything that might make him feel better um so anything satanic usually sort of just chirps him up a little bit um yeah you know just reach out we'll have a number and a, and a, and a thing at the end as well if you want to support you know what's up everyone you're listening to the noise podcast sponsored by stereo brain records and brought to you on the noise podcast network and today we're reviewing the split ep by alf wolf and holding absence the lost and the longing as well as the debut album beautiful dangerous from heart of gold which is the side project of michael mcgoff from being as an ocean and if that wasn't enough sam interviews mao organizer of am fest in barcelona with a cracking lineup including cult of luna svalbard and palbera they managed to talk about everything from the festival's inception, uh, its organisation, pricing, the pandemic, etc, etc. It's a really cool insight into festival. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you stream your podcasts. That can include Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, make sure you check us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Noise Podcast, at Noise Podcast Network. Make sure to follow Noise UK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you're feeling extra generous, you could even drop us a review. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast. I'm once again joined by Jack Holloway. We're going to be discussing a few bits and bobs today. I'm looking forward to it. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm very good. Thank you, Sam. Um, uh, you'll hear us coming across. Do you know what? You did the clap for that then, and the the, the pop shield must be so good that you've added uh, that I, I didn't even hear the clap my end. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It's really cool. I mean, it, the editing Jack will find it a nightmare, but... You know, podcast Jack loves that. <clears throat> big, big time win for Pod Jack. I'm big. I'm a big time Pod loss Jack, for production. Stop, stop. <laughs> production <laughs> Jack's just crying in a corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a happy Jack. Um, how are you though, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to another episode um, to discuss some music with you. So today we're going to be talking about two records. We're going to be discussing the Holding Absence Alpha Wolf Combination Collaboration EP. And we are also going to be discussing an album by a band called Heart of Gold. Given um, your expertise on both subjects, um, I'm going to be passing over to you uh, for the majority of this, specifically the first one, because I feel like um, your history with Holding Absence is becoming like a brotherly tapestry at this stage. And you're just in the background of all like all major moments in their life, it seems like that, like some guy some guy trying to piece together a murder trial and you're just the lead suspect because you keep appearing in every photo. It's just like, why is that guy in the bathroom all the time? Um, so that's what that's what we're doing. Um, so I'm going to pass over to you. Talk to us about this Alpha Wolf Holden Absence collaboration. I mean, very quickly before I do, we've also got your, and, and before we dive into that, uh, your interview is going to follow that, which you did today. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, so I spoke to a man called Mao, who runs the AM Festival in Barcelona, um, that's enjoying its, I think it's 11th or 12th consecutive year bar in the pandemic. And they're running a new venue for the festival at, let's get this right, La Farga La Hospitalat, or La Hospitalet, I think is the pronunciation. He said it and it just rolled off the tongue. I'm sure you're familiar with the feeling of just being um just <laughs> just listening to people speaking spanish just thinking how the fuck do you make everything sound so cool so um cool. yeah yeah it's just a real problem isn't it uh anyway uh yeah so they're they're running a festival that's got bands such as cult of luna svalbard palbera um a whole host of other really cool post metal and prog rock bands and he was talking about how the festival came about what they're looking to do how it, how it happened in the pandemic, the artists, all that, all that good stuff. Um, should be a sick, should be a sick um, festival as well. October in in Spain, I mean, 
ideal circumstance really from what i gather i think um yeah i think both will and and dan are going to be going which is just the coolest thing man uh yeah they they deserve they deserve to be able to go over there as well that would be so fantastic um i by the way do you do you even remotely love the image as much as i do of dan hillier just like in a hawaiian shirt wandering around spain just trying to find like metalling it up (laughs) Yeah, big, big just up trying to find, just trying to find cigarettes, just everywhere. And metal. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for cigarettes yeah. and metal. Absolutely, and I found I'm, one of I'm them. Thoroughly, thoroughly loved the idea of that. Um, just yeah, just two resident Gribos just kicking it in Spain. <clears throat> I just think it's phenomenal. Anyway, what a what an interesting idea this was to bring these two bands together. Feels like a real iPod Shuffle type scenario. How did this come about? Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, holding absence are no stranger to a collaboration. So those that will cast their minds back, that will remember the split EP with Love and what that did for the band before their debut. Um, and I think what you, I think that lays the groundwork for just their kind of creative ability, which is spurred on by Sharp Tone Records. I think they're just a label that just really get it. They get thrown ideas and and they, they'll take them up. They're, they're really sort of creative as a label and give the freedom to do so. And I remember the band talking about that at that time and being able to just float an idea that to most would probably seem insane. But, you know, that that's where they were before and then when you come around to this and they're looking for something to do creatively again and they're looking at sort of label mates and and who might do it i think i think it came about quite organically and it's alpha wolf and hold in absence and you know it's too it's not different worlds is it but in terms of within that scene and within that genre they're two completely different bands stylistically aren't they um and what you've got is this melting pot of sort of different influences and some of the staple sounds from the bands with you know just a clear sort of i think you know they they they, they had quite a clear direction with what they were trying to do with it and you know you you you've got a very clear alpha wolf song a very clear holding absence song and then the, the the two tracks in between are kind of really interesting melds of of their sort of sounds i guess uh yet still sound somewhat staple to each of the bands so yeah i mean that's that's kind of it's just one of those things that's just dropped out of nowhere and i hope we'll sort of um you know paint the picture for what might come next for each of the bands i mean as a massive alpha wolf fan you must feel uh, like you've at least got something out of it because Hotel Underground is uh, an mm. absolute ripper. Um, uh, yeah, a, a massive, massive fan of of both Sixty Centimeters of Steel and Hotel Underground. Oh. Um, which um, I'm I no longer have any anxiety about what the next Alpha Wolf album is going to sound like because I feel like I got um, <laughs> none at all a, a sneak a sneak preview of the sort of sound they're going to be rooting for and you know what it sounds refreshingly like a quiet place to die which <laughs> was just absolutely sensational and I'm actually wearing the evidence of it at the moment I just absolutely adore that album and that band but what was interesting is that I I didn't actually anticipate it being constructed this way I actually thought it would be a full EP of collaboration style songs. I didn't actually expect them to be separating them into different camps, which I actually think is really clever and is the best way to go about it because as evidenced by um, myself and you, I'm more of more of one camp and I would assume that you're more one of the other. And it gave you the option to sort of dive in at your leisure and experience this collaboration kind of how you wanted to rather than sort of just being forced to sort of experience these things being meshed together. Uh, so f- for me, for example, the, the the two Alpha Wolf solo tracks are just fucking phenomenal. Um, the picking riff at the start of 60 centimetres of steel, the light and dark combination of what they've created here is just classic Alpha Wolf, and I'm absolutely in love with it. Um, the breakdown at the you, end of that song uh, is just unbelievable. What did you think of Lucas's feature on the 60 centimetres of steel? 
I liked it. I, I, I liked that it added a little bit of um, like a sort of like a, I don't know, like a sort of alternative dynamic that sort of allows it to sort of swap between the sort of different vibes of the band. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it offered a um, sort of a unique addition that obviously no Alpha Wolf song is ever going to have um, probably before or since. Um Obviously, as a huge metal fan, I, I it didn't necessarily. I wasn't something that I, I sort of thought that it was vital, necessarily or crucial to my enjoyment of the track. But I'm not entirely sure that it's 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 there for that either. Um, when you listen to sort of, when you listen to Hotel Underground, it's just a how just, angry is that song? Yeah, uh, just brilliant, <laughs> just absolutely fan fucking tastic, just dark, heavy, up tempo. Punching, throttling, just absolutely relentless music that they've become known for, and it's just it's thoroughly phenomenal. And then you hear uh, the lead single, uh, "Aching Longing," which is the the real collaboration song, which I imagine was the sort of centerpiece centerpiece of of the EP. Now, obviously, I would have wished it was Alpha Wolf featuring Holden Absence, but for the purposes of it, he's definitely. Alpha, uh, Holden Absence featuring Alpha Wolf, isn't it? Like Alpha Wolf just dark and the edges of what really, I wonder if you'll agree, Jack, really this is, an, this is a Holden Absence song, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I think that was the intention. I think the intention was that because Hotel Underground is an Alpha Wolf song, uh, Coffin is a Holden Absence song, and then Aching Longing is the Holding Absence featuring Alpha Wolf, and then 60 Centimeters of Steel is Alpha Wolf featuring um, Holden Absence. So I think that was entirely intentional that it was their song with a feature from Alpha Wolf rather than it being something that is kind of a mesh of the two almost. I almost feel like that collaboration, I don't even know if it would work or whether they had enough time. Who knows what the logistics were? Maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, it could have been a you send us your track, we'll feature, we'll send you ours, you feature kind of thing. Um. I think you're absolutely right on the on on the first two tracks though, and I like the way that it it sort of the way that it's put together feels really good. You know, it feels like you know it it goes from that bludgeoning heaviness, aching longing sets it. You know, sort of uh, bridges the gap a little bit, and then coffin is obviously very different to anything else on the EP anyway. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. You know, it had that. I think the thing that set it apart was it less of that kind of bludgeoning metal groove that alpha wolf have and more of that swaps that out almost for that atmospheric sort of really sort of the those sounds that just seem to soar the holding absence are just really tightly grasped um and then the feature just heavies it up a little bit i mean personally for me it's really cool to see holding absence go a step into a sort of zone where they wouldn't normally the band are very rarely um, sort of you haven't seen Lucas like, sort of dive into his heavier vocals as much. And he does on on his feature and on on Aching Longing a little bit. It sort of centers around more of those screaming vocals less than it does of the kind of the cleans and the highs that you'd usually hear. Um, yeah. And I think I think up until that point, you know, they they hit they hit really, really hard, uh, I guess. The, the uh, what I feel will be the standout track of the uh, EP, I guess, is Coffin, uh, and I'm really interested to hear what you think of it uh, before I tell you what I think of it. <laughs> okay, um, I think I think it's a classic Holden Absence song in the sense that it's got that that pop sensibility that runs right through it. They appear to have mastered the art of the post rock chorus. Um, the way that they're able to start off with this sort of slow kind of half electronic, maybe a little bit of synth, maybe a little bit of piano sort of knocking around introduction. They're they're able to write songs that really display their strengths, which for the, I imagine for the majority of their audience is Lucas's voice, Lucas's lyricisms. He's the star of the show. There's no point debating it. And they, they successfully center songs around his skill set. And this is another example of that. I, I can see I can see these types of songs, not necessarily this one necessarily, because it's associated with Alpha Wolf. I think it would need to be something that's on a hold and absent solo song for really to sort of solo album to sort of really go further for them. But I can really see a, a world where these are the types these are the types of songs that sort of propel them into a different kind of stratosphere. 
Um, it's not my favourite song on the album. Um, it's not my favourite Holden Absent song, but I can recognise its usefulness and I can recognise its value for the band and for their audience. I assume you fell in love with it within seven seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I did. I don't know why when I, when I said that and felt weirdly guilty, it reminded me of that opening spiel that you did that basically painted me as a a band groupie that they don't know about and a complete creep. Um, but worded <laughs> it so well that it came across in a really nice way that I was almost I was almost proud to be that, you know. Mm. Which is uh, which is an interesting one for me, an interesting set of emotions that I've run through there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean, but it, it's. And it's important for us to say that going in, it's very much going to be more in my ballpark than it is yours in terms of what we like stylistically. I I love this EP for the fact that it's, and I and I love that both bands are just happy to be creative. I happy I'm happy that they're on a on a label where it's like you said, and like the discussion that we've had before about bands. You know they you can take what they've done and love what they've done. Sometimes they might, throw out, they might throw out something that you don't like as much or that, you know, feels a little bit different or, or I'd rather have that thing than not have that thing. You know, here you get to hear an Alpha Wolf track that has uh, a little bit of melody on it and does something a little bit different. And the likelihood is that the next album that you're going to hear from Alpha Wolf is just going to be bludgeoningly heavy and ridiculously, uh, you know, ridiculously metal core with and i can't of wait downs of plenty and it's wait. going to be it's going to be a beautiful beautiful thing likewise if you're a holding absence fan you get to hear stylistically they're moving to sort of areas where they wouldn't normally do so <clears throat> and it's interesting in terms of what coffin could do for them in terms of growth and and a, and a sign of where we might be going to next for, with the band because for the holding absence low split you know you saw the song saint cecilia completely the two bands particularly it was back when love were really at their heaviest as well and the songs that they put out were ridiculously heavy and the holding absence ones were were far were far lighter and that sort of set the tone for what was then to come um and it kind of feels like coffee might do a bit of that you know they've they've gone quite classic uh anthemic alt rock on their last album and this kind of, to me, seems like they might be shifting towards a little bit of really sort of doubling down on those pop sensibilities and not being afraid to sort of throw the electronic side of things into it as well. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It kind of, Coffin sounds stylistically similar to when they put out those two tracks, I think it was Birdcage and Gravity. Um, and it's got that sort of vibe to it. Um but it's sick. I mean, it's just, I feel like the EP is a bit of a, here's a taster board for potentially what we might have coming up, but also some cool midpoint stuff that we've both got going on. Uh, and that feels like, an, you know, a great thing. Anything else? Yeah, it's just, no, no, I was just going to say it was, um, it's lovely to have these, these bands producing music consistently and, and whatever version of, of a version of that music comes about, it's a benefit to us all from, whatever side of the fandom that you're from. And it's cool that they're working together. I like it when bands do that. It's cool when bands collaborate, offers an interesting perspective on stuff, offers a different dynamic type of music. Maybe it hints that Holden Absence will have some of their songs tinged with a little bit of darkness. And maybe it hints that Alva Wolf in moving forward are open, at least to the idea of um, melodic numbers and things like that. If they can see versions of their music that actually have this kind of pop sensibility, then that's no not necessarily a bad thing for anybody involved and shows the versatility of both. And I think that's a good thing and is worth celebrating within the industry. Um, should we move should we move forward, Jack? Heart of gold? If, it, if anyone hasn't noticed yet, Sam's had a really long, busy day as well. And whilst I'm talking and I can see you just working your way through this and holding back yawns, Sam, is is actually making me like try not to laugh as I'm, uh, <laughs> so I'm talking. So just as a, so just as a as a you know uh, heads up for people, Sam's had a really long day, and if you want to send him <laughs> some love, he's at Sam Calcio on on Twitter. Okay, you can Thanks, reach man. out at Thanks, Noise man. Podcast on Twitter on Instagram. 
send your love for Sam. Uh, tagline or subject if you want to email in to info at noise.co.uk is um, wake up Sam. And obviously then your messages and pictures of anything that might make him feel better. Um, so anything satanic usually sort of just chirps him up a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, just reach out. We'll have a number and a, and, a, and a thing at the end as well if you want to support, you know, support Sam. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's nice when which the... moves me brilliantly on to mm-hmm. Heart of Gold, uh, the loosest segue in the history of segways. Heart of Gold is the solo project of one Michael McGough um, from Being as an Ocean. Uh, so when I told you earlier that uh, Chris was very fond of this from the review I've read that will be going out on noise at some point probably now makes a little bit more sense to you um it's it's his as far as i'm aware it's his solo project but he does have a band behind him but i'm not sure on on the entire logistics of that but it is absolutely the 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 brainchild and the um the the project of of michael he's been going at it for some time there's been two eps to date um and i think the last ep he put out kind of set the tone for what this album uh, might sound like. Um, It's an album called Beautiful Dangerous. It's out on Friday on August 12th. Um, And uh, if you you haven't heard them before uh, and you're about to dive in, whatever your preconceptions are from me saying being as an ocean, throw them all out Um, because that's not what this sounds like at all. If you're a fan of Mike McGough and his kind of melodies, and uh, his vocal delivery and I've kind of always said, oh, I'll pop that in a bottle for me and and throw it into a completely new genre. Let's see how that sounds. Then uh, then then this is this was for you. Um, and I think also entirely for me as well um, as a as a fan of uh, as a fan of pop sensibilities, uh, 80s influenced, 90s influenced pop music i think this is uh right up my street sam how did you feel about this how are you feeling uh are you still with us and um <laughs> what's your initial thoughts before i do- sort of i, I dot through a track by track <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so um i'm gonna i'm gonna start by saying that please temper any part of this review with the knowledge that I am not the intended audience. And I knew that going in. Okay. There is no version of this necessarily. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of being as an ocean. I'm not really a big fan of um, this kind of synth heavy sort of kind of half pop punk, half um, traditional pop music sort of uh, machination that I'm getting here. So I will start by saying that. Um, my feelings listening towards this, I'll be honest. I started off thinking this is all right, it's okay. Um, I don't I don't mind that this is happening to me. This is all right. Um, sort of like going to the dentist. Um, it was it's very atmospheric. Barometer. Uh yeah, and I was like, I'm not a massive fan of the vocoding. I think it's being overused a touch. I quite like it to be atmospheric. Um, it's got a decent sort of pop sensibility. My only issue is that I found myself having that take a lot because a lot of the songs follow the same vein structurally the same blueprint almost it seems the same chord patterns man like that's that's the, my, my issue removing the fact that it's not for me just trying to look at it objectively right i thought it was a bit repetitive jack i'm not gonna lie to you um you i feel that you could swap a lot of these songs with other songs in the other points of the record it wouldn't make a great deal of difference there was a lot of filler tracks that felt like just um, sort of like previews to next songs, but then the next song itself wouldn't take off with the gravity that I was hoping for. It felt like he had a similar style that he was pushing, which if you are into, then you're going to like all of it because it follows that consistent thread. It's just within two or three to four minutes, I decided I didn't quite like the song that I was listening to, not realising that the song was actually going to be about 38 minutes long. That's not, that's not bad for you, Sam. And I mean, it is important to say, isn't it? Like you've already sort of, um, you know, started with anyway. This is this album 
is something that's very much in my wheelhouse and I threw at Sam as a kind of as you've done with me with black metal and 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 death <laughs> and a little bit of the uh you know the places that yeah it's more of a social experiment so yeah I mean just to sort of um I mean you're not you're, you're not wrong in terms of the kind of what you're getting on this album really if you're looking for pop melodies hooky choruses um a, you know a sort of prominence of synth wave with those kind of small intricacies and and, and intonations of you know various influences from the 80s to the 90s to different sort of pop tracks over the over the years that's exactly what you're going to get you dive a little bit deeper into that and there is you know there's some there's some good lyricism here a lot of the time it's kind of the message can be that the songs are so layered multi-layered in terms of what they include in it there's always a really positive feel so if the song is about something that is a little bit sadder it kind of gets a little bit lost because you can't help but just want to bop to it and 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 it is almost that 40 however many minutes 48 minutes or something like that of bop <laughs> like that it's that's exactly what you're gonna get if you were looking for an album that you just wanted to put on in the car wind the windows down in weather like we've had today and go for a 50 minute drive you are going to have the best time you know it's going to be great there were some cool bits in here uh and some real highlights for me i think if you're a fan of so um day seeker another band that chris absolutely loves vocalist from there uh rory rodriguez does a solo project called hurt wave it sounds very very similar it seems like when you've got a vocalist that can hit those sorts of highs and and meld that sort of post-hardcore sound that both bands do, it's kind of both of those. It's intriguing that both those vocalists have gone in a very similar way to sort of almost embrace that kind of huge the poppy side to almost get it out of their systems almost. Um, and it's funny, lots of bands are doing this sort of thing, and I actually think not carrying it off as well as Heart of Gold has done. I actually think that in terms of production and polishing and how this actually sounds, I think it's I think it's a brilliant album. Busted tried it, they didn't do a very good job. I love a band called Beachweather, which is the um the the sort of side project of a rocket to the moon vocalist. And then you've got bands like <laughs> 1975 time and the weekend that are all doing this sort of thing as well i can't it's, i can't uh, believe we're on, you've invited me on a podcast where one of your defenders of a band is that busted did this worse bro like <laughs> you don't be don't be dissing busted on this podcast mate no um, no i just if that's our starting points it's yeah but it was a sick album i just think this one's done better okay okay continue have you have you heard the album I mean, no, no, no that's why I that's why I so, said continue. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat up a straw man that I, I don't know anything about. I mean, this isn't trying to be anything other than what it is, either. You know, it's very shamelessly a pop record. You know, it's not it's not trying to be this edgy kind of, you know, it's doing very much like what I said, like what the name 1975 have done. You'd probably cite that as one of the biggest four fans of, you know. Oh gotcha. Heard, yeah, and 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 other artists that are just in, in you know, the cultural zeitgeist at the moment are all doing that sort of thing. And you find that trend with um, with music, don't you? That, you know, just as one thing sort of moves away from the other, then some of the old influences of old come back in. As you'll tell us with every song that's influenced by Bruce Springsteen. Because um, <laughs> it's, as we, as we spoke about over the weekend, it's most of them. But um, yeah, I thought there were some real highlights on it. I thought that it did well to balance the pop punk sort of um, sensibilities. You can hear he's from an alternative background in that sense, uh, but mixed it with all of his kind of what I assume to be his influences and how they've sort of melded together. It very much feels like his project in that sense and something that he's poured absolutely everything into. I think the likes of Bright Lights, uh, which was very 1975, um, Leave Just Yet, and there was another one in there as well, Bad Habit, they kind of pop in throughout, and I think they're the licks that the album absolutely needed. 
I think I agree with you on some of the other tracks there. They sort of meld into one another a little bit and you're kind of searching out for the specific hooks or some small sort of inflection of, of you know, sound or something that he's done slightly differently. The tempo sort of doesn't really waver from, from song to song. It just sort of this kind of casual wave. I did like the interlude tracks on it. I thought they were they were uh, nice breakups. Uh, I like the way that um, the titles flow with one another, and I like that if you, I actually stopped and played them one after the other, and uh, they kind of merge into one sort of atmospheric epic sort of track between them. I thought they broke it up nicely. You can kind of tell they were to break up the sort of. I guess what you were touching upon, which is the sort of monotony of the songs playing one after the other. But yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, it was kind of entirely what you have said it would be or what you kind of thought it would be, except it's for me. And I guess that that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, give me a bit of a synopsis. What are you, you, you've kind of touched on some of the tracks, but what were your thoughts on the album in general? It's atmospheric. It's emotive. Um, it's got, it's got a lot. It's got a lot going for it with like a, like, a, like it's sort of a pop melody kind of way. It's beautifully mixed and recorded. I'll give it that. It's beautifully mixed and recorded. It's put together in this very sort of natural, weirdly organic feeling record. Despite the fact that there's a lot of electronics going on, it just feels really nice to listen to from that standpoint. Just quality is just tip top. Um, but. I just felt that the sort of like the waving, cascading pop melodies just sort of knocking on each other was, you know, a little bit, a little bit repetitive after a while. There was some variance towards the the end of the album. There was um, the track Home Time uh, that came after Backseat Daydream, which was another one of those that was kind of sort of you could tell was one of the singles. Um but home time was a little bit more stripped back and it felt a little bit like a lot of that, uh, you know, the sort of the overlayering uh, of those those kind of electro synthwave type sounds had been taken back and it felt a little bit more melancholic. It felt a little bit more thought provoking. It kind of made me think about the lyricism a little bit more. And that's what I touched upon at the start that some of it seems a little bit masked by how much you've got going on. And actually that track was one of the standouts for me because you kind of, you really heard it, but not only did you hear it, you felt it. Um, so it's got some real promise in that sense. It shows some variance, albeit in a, in a very short sort of um, in, in just one of the songs on the album. And I, and I felt a little bit like that on the, on the closer as well. Uh, I can't remember what the closing one was called. Uh, Time spent driving, which is, I told you it was a summer driving song. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it took a little bit more time to not just kick straight into 80s overload and instead sort of, there was a really clear intro, a bit more of a, you know, a sort of build up where it, it sort of, you know, inclusion of instruments and things and then and then sort of worked to its it's crescendo it felt it felt like a closer for an album but it also felt like something slightly different to what we'd heard so that back half of the album there was a couple of songs on there that actually felt a little bit different i've definitely gone for atmospheric over anthemic and it succeeded it succeeded in that i think if you like synthwave if you like expansive electronic music and you like his voice um like chris does you're going to be predisposed to like it um it did sound like he's sort of writing songs over a theme like a long theme over the course of the album rather than specifics it does feel like a uh, does feel like an album that would really fit nicely in the background of another activity um such as driving or gaming or whatever like that in fact some of the songs sound like they could be on the next fifa soundtrack and stuff it's got that kind of poppy electronic soundtrack that they've always kind of uh, rooted for and that's not criticism it's just what came into my head while i was listening to it um Obviously, like I said, I'm not the market for it, but at no point does, does he write any of this aimed at me. So no one should be surprised. Um, I can't imagine uh, the fellows who are behind this are particularly disappointed that I don't like it that much. It's absolutely fine. Um, but for those who are fans of being as an ocean, those who are fans of this type of music, I think you can get a lot out of it. And clearly, 
one of those people is you, and the other one of those people is Chris, who appears to have enjoyed it as well. So I'm clearly in the minority on that one. Absolutely. I mean, if you're looking for an album that's easily digestible, uh, you know, has great hooks and beautiful melody, you you like a, an album that you can put on and roll the windows down and embrace your, you know, inner road trip, uh, then you're in absolutely the right place. Um, and, and check out Beautiful Dangerous. Uh, it's out on Friday. And over to you to close it, Sal. Thank you very much, Jack, for that delightful review. Okay. That closes an episode of the Noise Podcast. Um, I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, thank you to everybody that contributed the music that allowed us to talk about it. Um, please give us a follow at Noise Podcast Network on Twitter, at Noise UK on Twitter, at Noise UK on YouTube. Um, Noise Podcast Network on Spotify or wherever you have had to get your podcasts, please. Please give us a like and subscribe in all the relevant places. Please drop us individually. Follow us on any of your relevant social um, social medias, including Facebook, Instagram, Noise Podcast Network, and Noise UK on those respectively. Um, please get in, get in touch, comment on any relevant YouTube stuff, what, it, what you think of the album, how full of shit you think I am that I don't like this, um, etc., etc., etc. Don't forget et to cheer Sam up as well. We need to, you know, we need to really root around Sam here. Um, the thing is, is no, 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 stop it, Twitter. stop it. The th- the thing is, is that, that this is that you can't do this because you have one and a half children, a full time job that you woke up early this morning to go to, and yet here you are rallying around me, who just had a busy afternoon in the midst of a summer holiday, and I'm moody as fuck about it. Um, <laughs> don't don't make me to be some kind of martyr because the guilt I'm going to feel if even one one singular person tweets in feeling sorry for me for having to spend an afternoon doing things and got a bit rushed and made him a little bit <laughs> flustered when i'm literally my co-host has a four-year-old little girl asleep at the moment a fucking heavily pregnant wife next to her presumably asleep at the moment and a job and a career as well none of which are my concern until september the 5th um if that was your intent to sort of like reverse jinx me into fucking feeling okay. <laughs> You've said all of this. I know what your fucking plan is here, Holloway. I can see it. I can see it. You piece of shit. We've been the noise podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, follow us. Please. Please. On Please. all of it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. Stick around as you're about to listen to Sam's interview with Mao of AM Fest. Check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast. I am here with a very special guest here. It's Mao from AM Fest. How are you today, sir? How's life treating you? I'm great. How is it going, Sam? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Now, you are about to run from the 6th to the 9th of October, um, a very special festival. Why don't you tell the readers and the listeners a little bit about AM Fest, the history and where it's got, got to and, and what we're doing this year. So um, AM Fest was born in uh, 2013 as the 10th anniversary of the uh, Allowed Music label. Uh, you might know the, you know the label for bands like Exorcence or Tundra or uh, Jardin de la Cora, all the bands that you know, have been uh, playing our tangents over the past years. And that was meant to be a one-off, but uh, it went so well and, you know, the the team felt so good about it that decided to uh, keep it going. So it turned into uh, a festival rather than, you know, a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept growing, the team kept growing and it became, uh, yeah, I think we're going for the 10th, uh, 10th edition this year. Uh, we've... We had to change venue two or three times because uh, Barcelona is not a uh, place uh, that, you know, uh, makes things too easy for uh, some kind of event. So this year we're switching venue again. We're going to uh, L'Hospitalet, which is literally, you know, the next town, uh, you know, close to Barcelona, still Barcelona, of course. And yeah, probably the most ambitious um, edition ever with the lineup, you know, we've, uh, we're going to discuss uh, been waiting for the for two years as well uh, you know other other events our brothers at our tangents as well 
And yeah, we're very excited. Um, it's a mad summer, so we're all still mm. involved in other personal projects and, you know, festivals, tours, and uh, we started working at, you know, production and uh, logistics and all the pre-prod uh, just, you know, a few weeks ago, and uh, very excited. That's phenomenal. So what actually, what actually goes on in terms of the preparation, in terms of the moving the venues this year? Bearing in mind the bearing in mind the pandemic has sort of hit you guys haven't done this for, for sort of this is like a three year project at this point. I remember, remember well, seeing you put in the email. How does how does all that come together over such a long period yeah. of time? I mean, in t- in twenty twenty, it was meant to take place at the former venue we were doing the festival. We've been doing the festival for the la- for the last uh, two years, so 018 and 019. Then uh, some houses were built next to this venue. So DB limit, curfew limits, that was just, you know, undoable. So we had, you know, two years to look and find for another venue. Um, The lineup, most of the lineup was meant to be that one in 2020 as well. So, you know, Cult of Luna, Caspian and, you know, the likes of some big names. We've been, you know, reconfirming, confirming, reconfirming them for two years. And uh, this must sound familiar to many festival organizers. And yeah, it's challenging because, you know, we got the biggest lineup ever in a new venue. Uh, so in terms of, you know, sounds and logistics and dressing rooms and, you know, stage, uh, how you actually, where you actually put the stage. Because this is a, um, is a venue that's, you know, is a multi-purpose venue. So they do mm. the comics festival or they do the beer festival and then they mm. actually you can actually do a music festival. So the good thing is, we can do it, we can make the space, you know, we can tailor it, you know, following our needs and because the venue is huge. So we'll, um, we'll be able to customize it and, uh, and make it the best experience, you know, as, as good as possible for, uh, for you guys because you're coming, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to try and get there as good. often as I possibly can. October in Barcelona, get out of here, of course. Yeah, that's um, one of the, uh, the, the baits we have for uh, people outside Spain, you know, is uh, October Barcelona you know i mean it's it's, it's just a it's just beautiful idea that's what's actually you touched on something i want to get onto there so you, you you mentioned even in some of the email notes sort of going back and forth organize the interview and stuff like that that you're looking forward to a lot of people coming from sort of the uk and ireland which led me to my question what's the metal fandom scene like in spain in barcelona in catalonia as a whole is there a, is there a big passion for it because i mean like going to a festival that's progressive and math rock and post metal it's a very it's it's a very, I wouldn't say obscure necessarily, but it's a very niche audience that you're sort of going for. What's the representation of that like in Spain? It's good. I mean, we've we've reached the, we had around 1,500 people per day uh, in 2019, which is still, a, you know, a good, uh, good numbers. We had, you know, over the past, we do have rock fests, metal fests and progressive fests in summer. There is a, there's enough people to make it look good. And obviously, being October in Barcelona, our you know the, the the sky's the limit in terms of people coming from other countries. So uh, it looks good. I mean, all the all the big tours in terms of metal, uh, you know, bands drop by Barcelona. It's very close to Europe, which makes you know logistics easier for all the bands. So it looks looks good. It looks promising. That, that's fantastic. I was having a look through the sort of website of the last couple of days and sort of constructed some ideas. One thing that, that, that really sort of stuck out to me: how have you managed to charge just eighty-five euros for this for this three-day experience? How have you managed to do that? The, the logistics that must have gone into that. I was thinking, all right, okay, three days, few bands over the. It's going to be 100, 120, 130, 140. How have you managed to condense the price down? How have you? Oh, that's it's a miracle. It should be one hundred twenty. Uh, this is an internal uh, fight. We we somehow. And, and sometimes have you know between members of the team like well fights it's not fights it's a discussion mm. uh well we've we've always been trying to keep the price as low as possible to be able to bring as many people you know to to the festival our aim is not to make money nobody's ever seen a euro in 10 years uh, you know the core team has never gotten any money if there is any benefits from an edition it goes back to the to the 10 for the next edition and so yeah uh we always some of us uh always love to call ourselves you know the a good bunch of losers which you know <laughs> uh meaning 
yeah, we, we don't want to make money. We want to bring a special festival to people like us. Uh, you know, we want to be the festival we would love to go to. And obviously, the festival you would love to go to is also one you can afford. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to make, you know, numbers uh, make sense when it's so cheap. Because obviously the bar is, you know, the beer and the drinks are pretty cheap as well. So it's all, everything is according to, you know, our... Uh, ethics and idea to make it affordable um so yeah it's it's tough because every every four day pass you sell it's 85 and it should be probably 110 120 still the prices will go up a bit at the end of the month uh, but I'm, i think the four day pass is going to be 95 you know top and day tickets between uh, 25 and 35 so still i mean it, there are bands that are worth the, the, you know, the price of the daily ticket just themselves. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Say, uh, of the Friday, the Cult of Luna is probably worth 35 euros just mm. alone. You know, Lingua Notes, Animal Household, for Godspeed, Black So many bands are worth the price of the day kits, tickets themselves. But yeah, that's what AM Fest is. And um, also, we allow um, people uh, younger than 23 years old to get in for free. Oh, I don't wow. know if. The, you knew this. Uh, it's always been uh, something, you know, from the from the label for the concerts that the label organizes. So we've brought this to the festival as well. So if you're younger than 23 years old, uh, there is no uh, pre-sale. You just have to go to the gate, and if it's not sold out, you can get in for free. If you you know bring your uh, ID with you, and you can you know show us that you're younger than 23. We do this because we know. That you know, uh, metal, rock, and everything we work with are not uh, trending right now amongst the youngsters. Mm. Uh, you know, probably urban music and other kinds of music are you know more important right now. So we want to bring them closer to us and show them what other kind of music are. And maybe you know next year they are twenty four and they will come paying. And so we try to keep our public you know alive somehow. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's 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 lovely that you're sort of doing that option. I mean, like when you you get into when you want to go to a festival, you sort of twenty twenty one, twenty two. The the price is the big is the big drawback, isn't it? It's you've got the time, you've got the passion, you've got the the, the availability, but it's it's just the money. If you can able to sort of have that snowball effect where they're coming back every single year and sort of that's increasing over time, that's brilliant for you long term. We should have a look at this. Um, this festival lineup is just amazing for the music they're sort of putting together. There's some some bands that are like friends of the podcast that we absolutely love, like Svalbard, Paul Bear, Cult of Luna. Death Haven are just like a legendary band that you've just managed to just get in. This is fucking phenomenal. Uh, Lingering Nota. Was there a band that you were particularly proud of getting for the lineup this year? Was there a, oh my God, where I get to run a festival where these guys are playing? Uh, well, it's easy to mention. Um, well, Cult of Luna they've been headlining headlining this festival for two years but it never happened so we've always had there for two years so we're really looking forward to having them and and then you know personally as a band we've been after for 10 years been able to to bring them is godspeed you black emperor uh, you know many of us uh, grew up and you know fall in love with instruments of rock thanks to to them and others and it's difficult to mention just a couple, but I'd probably say these two. And um, yeah, I mean, it, all the bands in the lineup mean something to us. This is just, you know, it's a festival that if if you had told us when we began 10 years ago, that one day we would be able to, you know, see in the lineup, Godspeed, You, Black Emperor, Cool Saluna, Death Heaven, Unknown Housewolf, Carpet of Roots, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, man, uh, we wouldn't have believed it, honestly. No, it's 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 an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary achievement. You see it sort of growing year on year. Do you see do you see Lafarga being the centre of the the AM Festival over the next two or three years? Is it an individual sort of solution for this this time? Because I know you've you changed the venue this year. Is do you see this as the base moving forward, La Hospitalet? It's a, it's a mid long term plan. I mean, they've been they've been very kind to us. Uh, they've welcomed us very you know warmly. They're, they're doing everything easy for us. And the good thing is, you know, it's such a great big space that we can customize it and, you know, make it, you know, as, as, as small, medium or big as we want. So even if 
which I doubt we were to grow even more over the next years, we can do it there because, you know, we still got, you know, uh, squared meters to go um, before the venue is, you know, <laughs> finishes. So it's a mid-long-term plan without any doubts, yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Is it, is it far away from Barcelona? Is it, as nah. you said, it's on the outskirts. How far? It's, is it easy to get to? Absolutely. The metro station is five minutes walk. You've got tons of, you know, buses. Is you, Depending on the area of Barcelona you live in, it's as close as it was the previous venue. So mm-hmm. from the very city centre, there's a 20-minute ride by metro. So very well communicated. Bars, restaurants, hotels. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds ideal. I love the idea that you're doing it in such like a historic city as well. Like you, you always find out these massive metal festivals that are just like in random fields and stuff. I just love the idea that you've sort of, you've got like one of the, the real cultural capitals of Europe and then you've still got something going on like that just inside. So if, you, if you're a visitor, you can still do all the tourist bits, you can still come in, you can still have a full weekend, see the bands and come back out and do and do all this other stuff. Uh, it is it is true, truly phenomenal. I mean, now that it's taken sort of a couple of years to to sort of have sort of come together with everything everything like that, were there any any sort of pandemic specific challenges that you've had to you've had to sort of overcome in recent years? Are there bands that you've had to sort of put on the back burner and, and sort of reorganise and reshift? Because I mean, like three years is a long time to put a festival together. I can't even imagine the 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 process that this has been for you guys. Well, we've lost some bands from the original lineup because obviously they reorganized their tours and we've missed them. So there were two, three bands with love and I cannot mention that were supposed to be in the lineup and are not eventually because of the change of plans. And, you know, internally was keeping the, uh, the lights and uh, the fire uh, mm-hmm. going on because, you know, you sometimes don't see the, the lights at the end of the tunnel. So it's we've came to a point where we asked ourselves, is this ever going to happen again? Uh, so we're now trying to, we're now, you know, we've been putting everything in motion again a few weeks ago and it's challenging because again, we don't make any, uh, nobody makes a living out of the festival. Uh, so, you know, you're trying to, you know, br- carry other projects on at the same time as you're, uh, you know, looking after the festival because that's, you know, you, you may economically, financially speaking, because we make a living out of the festival in terms of, you know, uh, satisfaction, emotions and, you know, happiness. But that doesn't really pay bills. No, of so course. You, you at the same time have to, you know, it's it's challenging, but, you know, we're on it. And, you know, every time we look at the lineup, uh, you know, the, 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 the strengths uh, come back like uh, very, very, very strongly because it's. Our dream lineup, honestly, I could not imagine of you know uh, it being different. Uh, also, I don't know when this is uh, going to be uh, shared with the public, uh, but there is a small change in the lineup that's going to be announced on the tenth of August, or okay. has been announced the tenth of August. I don't know where we're going out with this. So, unfortunately, Meat Puppets um, will not make it to the festival because they have cancelled uh, the UK and uh, Europe tour so that's oh, a shame that, it's a shame because you know it was a way for many of us you know I'm wearing a Pearl Jam t-shirt many of us are very 90s fans so having meet puppets with us uh, where you know it was one of the ways of being as close as possible to the 90s and but the great news is one of one of our good friends and I'm pretty sure uh, good friends of yours as well maybe she will are joining oh, terrific. so yeah <laughs> It's going to be announced, you know, or it's been announced a few years on August the 10th. So good news for our tangent lovers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's that's phenomenal. Is it when, when you have a situation like that, you can find a band like a great band like Baby She Will just to sort of slot in. That's fantastic. You mentioned at the start of the festival, you talked about the history and you said that this started as a one off event. And then it became like, oh, we'll do it next year because it went well. And then we'll do it next year because it went well. At what point did you actually realise, oh, shit, we can do this every year? Well, I think from the second year on, it became clear that, you know, there, were, there was will of the people to, uh, to carry on. You know, the, the answer from, the, from, from, you know, fans was good. 
then it comes a point when you need to make, you know, to take decisions in terms of, you know, are we staying in the same venue? Are we hiring the venue where we do not run the bar, which means, you know, your budget will always be limited to tickets and merchandising, or we go to a venue where we can actually run the bar and that makes, you know, the budget increase and you stop being a three day, three days of shows in a venue and you actually become a festival. Because, you know, the first years we were hiring this amazing venue called Apollo. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's worldwide famous. And it was great to work there. The venue centric is beautiful. It sounds great. People working there are great. But, you know, we were very limited in terms of uh, growth uh, capacity because, you know, you don't run the bar and uh, the space is limited. You cannot have a huge merchandising stand or, you know, bring some brands in to do some. So when we really made a tough decision was to leave Apollo and source a venue where we could turn into a festival as we know it. And yeah, so this is going to be the third actually, you know, edition of AM Fest being a festival rather than gigs in a venue for three days. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Does that has that made things easy? That transitions that made things easier for you, knowing it's going to be like a consistent festival kind of experience, that consistent thread and that type of stuff. Or has that presented some of its own challenges alongside it as well? It's just different. It's, I've always said, you know, I remember, you know, when we were organizing the first editions, we were, you know, running up and down, stressed, and you know, we, and it was the hardest thing at the time. And then you look back when you are in a venue. I always say this now looks like a birthday party what we were doing before. <laughs> so obviously it changes completely, you know, the, the focus and the points of view of all the events because we went, in, even in terms of budget, which allows you to book other kind of... Ba- we would have never been able to book Cool Soul Luna or Godspeed or uh, Carpenter Roots or, you know, if we had stayed in a venue because that's just, you know, that's just impossible. So... I personally, I think it's way, it's way better because, you know, you can actually do many, many more things that you were not allowed to do staying in a venue. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. I understand that. It's probably better for you for long term as well. You can sort of establish one sort of consistent place and that, and that, that helps you out moving forward as well. So I'm going to get you out of here, out of here on this. Uh, moving forward then, you talked about uh, La Farga as a as short to medium term plan next couple of years. What does the future look like for AMFest consistently? Where would you like to be for having this conversation in five years? Maybe there's a 20th anniversary or 15th anniversary show on down the line. Is there any ambitions left that you want to tick off? You mentioned this has already been your dream lineup. Is there any bands out there you want to be talking to? Is there any, you know, any situations that you'd like to be in moving forward with this festival? I'd sign to be here in five years and saying for the fifth year in a row, this is our dream lineup. And anyway, being a, at Farga and it, that would be just perfect. That would mean that, you know, we're comfortable and the festival, you know, financially makes sense because again, with those prices, you know, how difficult it can be to make, you know, in mm-hmm. and out uh, make sense. So I, I w- I'd rather, I'd sign for, you know, being here in five years, speaking to you, Sam, again, and saying, you know, then, you know, the bands we would love to talk to, it depends uh, to, if instead of me was one of the other, you know, 10 members of the core team, they would say, you know, uh, different names. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Mogwai, Mogwai has always been in our, you know, uh, in our dreams because many of us yeah. just got close to this kind of music uh, thanks to, to them. Uh, Gospel, Tortoise would be, but Gospel is as close as we can get to, uh, you know, in terms of where we come from, to where we could ever wish to, to get. That's that's a beautiful thing to be able to say, isn't it? That, that you've 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 grown up loving a sort of industry, loving a genre, loving a piece of music, a type of music, and you're able to organise a festival where the, those bands are actually coming to play. That's so it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to say. You do. I look forward to the next time we have this conversation. Hopefully, we can we can cross a few off the list. Maui, it's been an absolute been an absolute pleasure discussing you. So um, we've got AM Fest running October the sixth to the ninth. Um, anything else? Imagine imagine that you've just sort of skipped to the end of this interview. What, what should the average listener know about AM Fest that we might not have covered before we get you out of here? I think we covered pretty much, you know, everything. I, I would like to, uh, to see as many, you know, British and Irish uh, flying down to Barcelona in October, you know, making the most 
out of this beautiful lineup, beautiful city, affordable prices. Uh, beer is good and cheap. We're going to have also uh, local beers and craft beers and, you know, good food trucks, uh, local stuff. Um, festival thoughts made and run with, you know, love because that's the only thing that and passion that move us. There's no mm. other reason behind it. So, um, yeah, we'd love to, to see you guys, you know, down as, as many as possible. That's wonderful. Thank you so very much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. <laughs>